0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ken Burke, and welcome back to another episode of the Competing for Christ podcast. Today, I have special guest Troy Mattis on, former professional baseball player and now pitching coordinator at Inspiration Academy down in Bradenton, Florida. How are you doing today, Troy?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: Very good. Very good. I wanted to have you on because you're someone that had a great influence over me and my Christian walk, even if it was just for a year. Uh, down at Inspiration, but I think your wisdom can be used to help you know Christian athletes anywhere. You preach and mentor so many young kids, and I know what you have to say is going to be so beneficial to anyone that hears hears that. So, in today's conversation, we're going to actually be discussing what it means to serve a God that is constantly surrounding us, no matter where we are or what stage of life we're in. But first, can you give all the listeners an overview of your career as an athlete?
1: Well, from childhood, I played soccer, baseball, football. Um, Once I got to high school, I strictly went to baseball and football. Um, Was drafted by the Montreal Expos that year, um, my senior year of high school. Uh, It was back in what they call the draft and follow system where they could draft you, follow you for a year in a junior college, and then decide between the end of the year whether they wanted to sign you or not. So I went to Miami-Dade South Community College, uh, played a year of junior college baseball, did a lot of growing mentally, physically, socially, and uh, at the end of my season, I signed with Montreal Expos, uh, spent the next uh, on and off for the next 13 years playing professionally, made my big league debut in 2001 with Montreal at Chase Stadium against the Mets, spent a couple years in independent ball in 2004 and 2005, and then uh, wrapped up my career in spring training with the Astros 2006 a career uh, unfortunately cut short by injuries and three shoulder and two elbow cleanouts, And, and, uh, I feel like God was teaching me a lot in that time.
0: I remember back in, back when I went to inspiration, you always preached, uh, to take care of your body because I mean, you've been through it and you experienced all the injuries and surgeries.
1: No, That's unfortunately part of the game. So it's, it's something that, uh, I've used to kind of draw athletes closer to me to help them, understand the importance of number one, taking advantage of every opportunity, every day you have every, every opportunity to have, to be on a, to have a a uniform on, uh, is another day of, uh, blessing from the Lord. And, you know, we also understand that as athletes that, you know, you, you're only going to last as long as your body will. So, you know, take advantage every day, take advantage of of every, every moment that God's given you to, to enjoy something you got a passion for.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so true. So, a couple of preliminary questions I have for you. First one being, how has God been working in your life recently?
1: I think the the cool thing that God has allowed me to do is continue to be challenged. You know, I, I enjoyed the challenge of being an athlete as a as a coach. Um, I enjoy just you know so many different people. I've got fifty eight uh, young men in our postgraduate baseball program. We've got a middle school, we got a high school, so. I've got athletes anywhere from 11 years old to 23 years old, all different places in their life, different places in their faith, different places in their, in their game, the feel for their body, their athleticism. So the, just the, the fun part of being able to meet each athlete, each person where they're at, you know, really just getting to, to build relationships and get to know people. Um, you know, for me, it's been a, a pretty awesome, especially, you know, Kenny, you were here as a as a postgraduate athlete and it's a, it's a neat year. For for young men because they're taking a year of their life to to train to develop to um, you know try to get bigger faster stronger and and being an inspiration you're also being challenged in your faith you know an opportunity to to um, to be able to learn more about your faith you know we've got guys anything from um, polytheistic to agnostic to Jewish to atheist um, to to grow up in all all different uh, aspects of Christian faith from Catholicism to, to, to Lutheran, to Baptist, to non-denominational. It's, it's been fun to be able to to see growth, to be able to challenge young, young people with where they're at. You know, they're, they're coming in and they're, they're men, they're 18 years old, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're still mom and dad are helping out with bills and helping to, to, uh, to help, you know, to grow in life. And this is kind of a, a, a neat gap year that they're, in a environment with people that love them, people that are walking out their faith on a daily basis, um, talk about their faith on a daily basis and, uh, you know, try to help meet each athlete where they're at and help them grow.
0: It was an interesting point in my life for sure, because, you know, right out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go in the country, if I even want to play baseball after college or after high school. But yeah, inspiration was such a, it was such a good, pivot in the right direction which to where I wanted my life to go not just in baseball but you know spiritually uh, academically in the time I think I took it for granted but looking back I'm very appreciative
1: Well I mean you were a guy that came in and took full advantage of the situation you know you you were a guy that wanted to grow in all aspects of your life and and for me that's ideal for a coach but the cool thing is you're able to walk alongside you know walk alongside your teammates and, and lead from the spiritual aspect so it made my job a lot easier that that you know from multiple directions that we can walk alongside young men that are either questioning their faith or trying to grow in their faith or or not quite sure where they stand you know it's it's been neat even even throughout this year i mean what you know you, you asked how god's living is working in my life recently you know to be able to watch you know anything from work with these guys and, and devotions every morning to you know they go to chapel you know we we were lucky we had had uh 15 young men baptized a couple weeks ago out of the beach wow. um you know as a as a but as an adult i'm still trying to grow myself with a bunch of our coaches and and we got a pastor that comes in from off campus to work uh you know we're we're, we're g- working through a workbook from the black called experiencing god you know where it's continued to challenge us in in our faith continue to challenge us to understand the difference between our will and god's will uh to be difference between being you know, uh, self-centered and Christ-centered, uh, so continue to grow there. And then, you know, I'm married, I've got two, two young daughters, you know, one's in sixth grade, one's in seventh grade and, you know, to be able to be challenged by them to continue to be the spiritual leader of a family. So it's a, it's a, a neat place where, you know, um, I understand that as an athlete, I enjoyed the growth. I enjoyed the challenges and, you know, now that I'm no longer an athlete and I'm on the coaching side. It still continues.
0: Continue to be challenged. Continue to compete in life. Mm. We're called to be continuously growing in our faith and as a person. And once you once you start to realize that you you pick up so much more throughout your life that can be used for good too. But another question I had for you what what has motivated you in the past, uh, maybe in your career, and how has that changed throughout your life?
1: Well, I think the two main motivators for me as an athlete have always been, you know, basically the top motivators have been competing, that that me versus you mentality. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm the pitcher, you're the hitter. Who's better? This at bat, this pitch. So I love the 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 feeling of competition, and I think the other one was just, you know, I've got an older brother and and a dad, and and my dad has been someone that's always challenged me in every sport that I played. And I think honestly that that was one of the biggest motivators for me was, you know, wanting to, to, to compete for my dad. I wanted to make him proud. I wanted to, to, you know, uh, see him smile, you know, and, and have that feedback after the game. And it, we all as, as human beings want to hear well done. And my, I think my dad was, you know, my mom was very supportive, you know, but I think my dad was the, was the major cog in that as as far as pushing me to get better he you know practicing with me in football and baseball and soccer and and even going outside and playing basketball in the yard and and you know challenging me to be a competitor challenging me to to try to find the best version of myself my my prayer life itself is has uh has changed with differences in my strengths of faith and that all goes back to trying to set you know trying to make my dad happy and he's challenged me in a lot of ways in my faith and, and in my life. And, and it's neat to look back at even my growth from being early on in my playing mm-hmm. career, where you're praying to God for a win, you're praying to God for success. And then as I started dealing with injuries, it was more like, you know, dear God, don't let me get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, father, I'll, I'll, I'll i I want to honor you and, and, and glorify you. And however, whatever happens here, but just don't let me get hurt. Mm-hmm. And towards the find myself finally at the end of my career saying, you know what, God, it's your will wins losses, w- whether you're giving me the platform for somebody who's injured and can walk alongside teammates through different things, you know, or, or, or be able to go out there and be successful in, in the game, wherever you want me, wherever you need me, just, you know, I, I, it's your will. I'm here to serve. I'm I'm here to enjoy whatever experience you allow me to have. So, it's been neat watching you know watching my my growth and my motivation from being with my worldly father to how it's grown exponentially through my heavenly father, which is ultimately where all our motivations should come from
0: yeah that's that's outstanding an outstanding answer i think from for myself, what has motivated me has changed throughout my life, and i you know I'm only twenty two years old, so I'm sure it'll change before I die but Growing up today in the US, there's so much surrounding you. And I mean, it can even suffocate you at times if like if you if you let it, because I mean, with the pride that comes with being, you know, a teenager or lust or greed or self gain, it can it can lead to motivation that's not godly and. I think that Christ should ultimately be that motivation. Like you were saying, like just to further his kingdom and whatever, whatever happens, just like it says in first Peter three, just his will be done. Like nothing, nothing that I can do can, can give me that hope and encouragement or, and, and, satisfaction.
1: Well, that's, that's the fun thing is, you know, listen, I've, I had the honor and the blessing to work with you and, and, you know watching how proud your family was, how watching watching them wrap their arms around you, and how supportive they are with you, you know i I was blessed to have the same thing where where you know uh, but probably my proudest moment of all time was being able to call my dad on Father's Day two thousand and one say, "Dad, guess what I, I, I didn't buy I, 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 was, I didn't get a chance to send you the book that I wanted to send you, but how about you meet me in New York on Tuesday night and I'll give mm. it to you <laughs> and it took him a second to, to recognize what was going on. And I mean, it just, you could, I can almost feel it through the phone. I mean, you could hear my dad getting choked up. You could feel the pride. And it's, you know, it, it, I, for me, that marks one of the greatest days of my life. But at the same time, it's also, you know, I, I grew up in a Lutheran church and, you know, I, I was, I was baptized as a child. I was, I was, in my opinion, I was, I was, I was um, christened as a child uh, into the church family but to be able to be married and have kids and have the gentleman, a Bible study that I was with be able to baptize me in front of my wife and my two da- two young daughters at the time in my pool at home. Um, as I've truly accepted Christ and wanted to, 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 to give my life to him and wanted to, you know, made, made that declaration that he's God in my life and, and I want to serve him with the, re- with the rest of the time that I have, I have here, you know, that's that, you know, that, uh, Wow. I mean, it it still gives me chills thinking it it was great to be able to call my dad on Father's Day. And it's still one of the coolest things I've ever done. But to be able to be baptized in in, in front of my family, to be able to see that public declaration in front of my wife and my kids, is, you know, it's a day I'll never forget.
0: Both of those feelings are just unforgettable, Like you were saying, it's I, I can't even imagine. It's just it's so amazing to see how God works like that. But another question I had for you, how how different has it been from. Like you were saying, playing in the pros, getting you know, getting drafted, to now coaching in the or you you coached in the pros, and now you're coaching kids and teenagers and even you know young adults.
1: Well, it's I tell you what, there's a lot of similarities, and what I mean by that is at the lower levels in professional baseball, there's a lot of really going through the foundational teaching. You know, one of the phrases I heard from a, a fellow coach when I first started coaching with the Orioles is don't assume that they know. So really going into the foundation of everything from, you know, for me, with working with pitchers is knowing how to feel the position to situational pitchings and how to, how to work counts and, and, you know, even just refining pitches and and deliveries and, and trying to walk alongside these guys, even, even going into how to be a professional athlete, um, and, and how to really walk alongside them in that um, at the lower levels, you know, where where I'm at right now, I'm working with any, with middle schoolers, high schoolers, post-grad athletes. It's the same thing. You're really trying to teach the foundation. And, you know, that's what, uh, you know, that's what we, we need to do. Mentorship is, is a priority in what I do. So first and foremost, trying to meet each athlete where they're at, meet each human being where they're at, be able to be, be able to, you know, make personal contact and have some transference, and really get to know them, so they can get to know me and trust me. You know, um, teaching is teaching. You know, really be able to, to speak to the heart. Really being able to to make eye contact, and it means something. Really being able to have that sit down conversation, and whether it's about baseball or faith or life, be able to meet each athlete where they're at, and it's a different conversation between a 11 year old and an 18 year old. But you know, to be able to know your audience, to be able to even, you know, think back to your old, to, to your own times as a child growing up. And what, what was I, what was I going through at this age? What what were the differences between 12 and 15 and 18 and where I was emotionally, where I was physically, where I was spiritually and be able to, to, you know, really genuinely walk out life with them.
0: I mean, if you ask me, Right now, what I felt when I was 12, 15 and 18, I would give you completely three different answers because those are just ages that aren't similar at all. But like you were saying, there's there's some similarities when you're coaching and coming alongside them and bringing them up in the faith. And I mean, even as baseball players, so going to what we're going to be focusing on today is how how God is an all encompassing God. In order for God to really show, be shown in our lives, He's gotta have rule over everything, not just some things. We need God to be woven throughout the fibers of our being. Like everything that we do, we have to let him be, be part of because you know, without him, nothing, none of this matters. And I think the first way to do this is to surround yourself with people that help you grow as a person and as a Christian. I mean, it's like it says in Proverbs 13 and 1st Corinthians 15 just having people around you that will push you to be Christ like. So my question for you is how does that practically look and how do you how do you teach and tell people you talk to and coach this fact?
1: Well, I, I think part of it starts with the foundation. You know, when you're looking at 1st Corinthians 3:10-11 says by by the grace of God has given me I laid the foundation as a wise builder and someone and someone else is building on it but each one of you should build with care for no one can lay the foundation other than the one already laid, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, for me, that's, that that's where it all begins is, is understanding your foundation and every relationship, even every, for me as a, as a coach, every pitching delivery starts with your foundation. What's your foundation? Where, where are you beginning from? You know, and, and as I build on top of that, it's looking at Ecclesiastes three, one to everything. There's a time there, there's a season, the time and every purpose under heaven, you know, and for me, there's a time and a season for everyone that's in your life. I've had good coaches. I've had bad coaches. I've had good teachers. I've had bad teachers. I've had, you know, athletes that I enjoy coaching more than others. And it's really trying to uh, figure out why is this person at a time and a season in my life, whether it's guys that I've coached with or guys that have coached me. what, what Why is this person brought into my life? And trying to learn from each one of those situations. I think that's something I struggle with at a young age, but it's something that, you know, as I've gotten older, it's gotten easier because there's some life experience that goes into it. There's deeper knowledge and wisdom that comes from, from being in the word and being in the world word consistently, you know, and with, with that comes maturity and, and a filter. If I'm looking at an 18 year old kid, he's, you know, I say kid, but a young man, you know, sometimes they have a difficult Time filtering through the information that they're getting. What is applicable to me? What what is good information? But maybe I store it until later. What can I apply immediately? And you know that's something we all kind of struggle with is is being able to filter and 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 work through the trials and tribulations, the successes and failures that we have. You know the uh, the, the the struggle that a lot of people have is you know that. We all want to know what God has planned for us. We all want to know, we, we, we want to have that 10,000 foot view. And, and sometimes that just doesn't happen. You know, frankly, you know, I think Psalm 119 talks about it really well. It says, your word is the lamp for my feet and the light for my path. And, you know, okay. it, his word's always going to be there for us. God has is, is never left us. He's never forsaken us. and He never will. He's always there with us. And I think the struggle that most of us have as human beings is we want that you know, a million candle power spotlight to be able to see my path ahead. And what God's really doing is he's got a candle in our hands and he's lighting up one step at a time. And we need mm-hmm. to have that trust in him. We need to, to be able to take that one step after another step and after another step. And can he just seek him, allow him to be the focus of our lives, to be the focus of everything that we do. And then from there, things get a lot easier, you know? And, and I think another thing that's really helped me as I mentioned, you know, I mentioned being, baptized at a little older age I was in my 20s when I was or no, I'm sorry I was in my 30s when I was baptized I was in my 20s when I when I truly in my opinion came to Christ I grew up in a Lutheran church I grew up in in a, in a family that that was praying together that was in the Bible together um but in my heart it was more of a ritual than a relationship and I had some awesome people walk alongside me later on in, in you know in my career when I was probably in mid-20s and really started to to share the word and challenge me in the word. And, and you know, guys that, that wanted to realize that as a, physically I was a man, but spiritually, I was still young. Spiritually, I had a lot of growth to do. Um, so I had all, some awesome guys to walk lo- alongside of me, you know, and, and help me understand what a mentor is and why a mentor is so important in my life. And also to have you know, someone who's to walk side by side that I'm equally yoked with, someone who who's willing to kick me in the butt when I need it, but also pick me up when I need it. So, you know, I've I've learned over the years that there's three three men that every person needs in their spiritual walk. They need Paul, Timothy, and Barnabas. I need Paul. I need that that mentor, that guy that's going to teach me, that guy that's going to guide me in, in a lot of places in my in my in my faith. A guy that can answer questions when I'm when I'm struggling deciphering what God's word is saying. I need Timothy. I need that, that guy that I can turn around and I can also mentor myself where where I'm able to take what I'm learning and pass it on to the next generation. But I also need Barnabas, that, that, that guy, the accountability partner, that guy that can walk alongside me to give me that encouragement, to be able to have tough conversations with you, to be able to have open and honest conversations when I'm struggling or that guy that's willing to give me a high five when things are going great. So I think all those things are 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 key to you know walking out your faith and continue to grow in your faith and continue to be challenged
0: yeah when you make when you make God that's in your life it's it's just eye-opening to see who is pushing you towards God and who isn't uh, i I mean I was in a similar situation I think with you I mean I grew up in the church and like you said it was more of a ritual and not a relationship like I, I Looking back now, I knew I didn't really have a relationship with Jesus until, you know, a couple of years ago. And it's just, it's crazy to me that I went through all that time and never, I never got it. And there's so many people today that just don't get it until they understand that God is in every single part of your life. And he has the plan and the will that is so much greater and so much bigger than what you have in your mind.
1: No, we've we've got a hard time seeing our, our our hand in front of our face, and and God has he's known the amount of hairs you've had on your head since before you were born. So, I know it's tough to to really fathom sometimes, but that's because we've got a supernatural God, and our mind can't can't quite fathom the supernatural. So, you know, it's living in faith; it's walking alongside the path that that He wants us on. But it, you got to be in God's Word to be able to understand who he is. And you've got to be able to, to spend that time in prayer and spend that time. in in uh, just getting to know him and allowing him to get to know you with transparency. And that's where the growth comes in.
0: That's right. When did you realize that God has to be in every, every single part of your life? Not just, you know, some parts, was there like a specific time, like when you got saved or when you got baptized, or was that like kind of a gradual process for you?
1: it was, a, I mean, it's always been a gradual process. I mean, God's always been been chipping away at me throughout my life. I, I lived a moral life, but, but I didn't live what I would consider a, a full on godly life. Um, you know, in childhood, I, I, I did all the right things and said all the right things. And when I, I had some men that were strong in their faith and challenged me, it, it it forced me just like any competitor and, and being able to go out there and, and, and compete in athletics it's the same thing. I, I, I had to have people challenge me to mature and grow and, and be that refining fire that I needed. So when that happened, you know, I had some guys walk alongside me and challenge me in in some youth ministry. And, and then I got, you know, I, I got into a men's Bible study with, you know, guys that are anywhere from 16 to 76. And in that group, you've got Paul, Timothy and Barnabas around you on a nightly basis. So, you know, I'm, I'm out there and it's, As a monday night and you could have 10 guys you could have 20 guys and it was awesome to be able to dive into god's word but also have people that could walk alongside you to help you understand what you're reading or you can turn around and do the same thing with with some of the younger guys or even some of the older guys that weren't quite as strong in their faith so having those guys that were were able to walk alongside me and helped me realize i needed to continue to seek mentors in my life guys that could Build me up, guys that could challenge me, guys that could feed me, guys that 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 were there that that were walking the path that I wanted to walk, and teach me how to be there. You know, it's and it's funny because there there's three specific Bible verses that I have that I've had in my life that that I learned at a different time in my life, and I seem to grow along the way, and it's it's kind of cool because I remember in Sunday school and when I was a kid learning Galatians six ten, therefore as you have opportunity let us do good in all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So it, for me, I, 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 I treated people right. I, I acted justly. I did, I did the right thing. And, you know, maybe, maybe a little nicer to those that were, were Christian brothers. And then later on in my life, or probably early in my playing career, I, I learned the verse or somehow the, the, the verse, uh, Micah six, eight really stuck in my head. And, um, it says, and what does the Lord require of thee, but to act justly, to love mercy and walk humbly with their God. So for me, it was a step up from where Galatians 6.10 was and challenging me to, to, to grow in my faith and, and how to treat people. And I think it was mid twenties, um, around the time I was saved that I read the verse, John 3.30, and it just stuck. And it's been kind of my life verse for the last 20 years and it's something i've i've had in scripture on my walls um it's something that that I've, I've written different places throughout my office so i can strategically see it when i'm having a tough day or when i need when i find myself getting focused a little bit on myself but john 3:30 says he must increase but i must decrease and it's that constant reminder to die to myself to be able to to be able to pick up my cross and continue to walk towards him to focus on him to to let him be the center of my life to be all in all in my life um you know and for me that's everything it's something i'm 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 trying to walk out with my wife and my kids and and those that i coach and those that i encourage at different places in my in my life you know just trying to uh continue to be challenged continue to um allow god to be all en- all-encompassing and not just there when it's convenient there in, in the in the lowest of lows or highest of the highs but that he's always present. He's always on my mind. I'm always praying. I'm always just trying to seek him. And that's the only way I can continue to grow and, and be the man that I think he's called me to be.
0: I read a book by Kurt Warner, uh, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFL, called all things possible. And it talked a lot about his life and the challenges he faced throughout, you know, working his way up to the NFL. And it actually took some time for him to see that God should be in every aspect. I remember reading, he said that he he would go to church with his girlfriend on Sunday, but you know, the night before he'd been in a bar getting wasted with his friends and getting in fights. And I mean, he even said in the book that this his view of God was so clouded because of how he grew up in the faith. And when he realized that God that that he needed to be in every part of his, his life, the I mean, the relationships that he was in, the football that he played. And I mean, no matter what he got into, it changed his perspective.
1: Well, it's, it's neat when you watch somebody that goes from being that person that's thinking it's, it's a God of convenience to the God of everything. And when that happens, it's transformational, it's life-changing. And, you know, for me, it, it brings eternal peace. So, you know, for me, I love hearing stories of Kurt and so many guys that are out there that, you know, when, when they found their faith, when they realized it's more than just a, just a ritual or just a good luck charm that it becomes everything to them. It's a game changer.
0: How do you teach to show Christ in everything that you do as an athlete?
1: Uh, You got to be intentional. Um, you got to first and foremost lead by example, you know, they, they, they care what you, you know, kids kids are going to care more about, about, you know, what you care about than what you say. You know, for me, it's, it's, um, they want to know know what you care over care what you know, so you got to be able to first and foremost meet them where they're at, uh, to lead by example, to be able to to, to walk it out on a daily basis. Um, you know, for us as a as a staff in my school, it's a blessing to be there because you know we we start off every morning with a with a a, a staff meeting, which is you know uh, w- w- which is always got prayer as the center of it. You know, so we're uh, before the day even starts, we're praying for our players and praying for those that we can. We're intentionally spending time in ministry with every morning. We get to do a, a devotion with all of our postgrad players. Um, you know, we, we've got uh, an opportunity to pray with them before practice, after practice, one on one. Anytime that somebody's hurting, has a struggle, something's going on back home. Uh, we've got chapel, uh, every, every Monday with our, uh, all of our school, all all of our middle school, high school, and, and postgraduate students. Um, you know, we've got mentorship, uh, intentional small group time, and even some large group time. We get some, some great speakers that come in, guys like Clint Hurdle and and some others that, that are able to, to speak on their view, but we also have some intentional time where it's broken down into, I've got six post-grad mentors that we get together on a weekly basis and talk life and talk scripture and, and kind of challenge those guys in their faith. You know, I I think the biggest thing is just building relationships with these guys and be available for them. You know, I, I I had the, the honor a couple of weeks ago of baptizing a young man that was there four years ago. You know, somebody who I I hadn't talked to consistently in four years that, respected my faith, respected my, my my time that I spent with him, the ability to to be able to always give an open door whenever he needed it, respected the, the fact that he went through some issues in his time here and issues in his life and was just looking for some words of wisdom or, or even just a, a shoulder to lean on here and there. And it was incredible to be able to, you know, a few weeks ago, lead him to Christ and be able to, to take him take him out to the beach and baptize him. You know, for me, it's something that, that has impacted my life as exponentially as it's, as it's impacted his, be able to, to allow God to work in his life and, and, and bring him to, to people that he trusted, people that were able to walk out faith, walk out life and, and really, you know, try to, to do the best they can to meet, meet this young man exactly where he was at mm. and not judge him, not, 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 uh you know, treat him harshly when he made mistakes, understand that we're all sinners, we all struggle and you know, that it's only through God's grace and mercy and and that, that we have this opportunity to have forgiveness, be able to have that, uh, that, that chance for eternal life.
0: Coaches, I mean, not even coaches, but teachers and mentors and any adult figure in kids' lives can make or break people and athletes in a lot of ways. There's way more to athletes than just that, but honestly, if I mean, if you don't have reliable coaches that push you to be your very best out outside of the field and inside the field, it's hard to succeed. Uh, and I've talked about this before on this podcast. It's but it's true. I mean, coaches are so crucial in making athletes who they are as professionals in the workplace, and professional athletes, and I mean, most importantly, Christians and people. Well, it's
1: a, it's important to have people that you trust around you. Uh, and I've seen, I've seen, uh, talent squandered because they don't trust their coaching staff or because they, they just don't have a good relationship or haven't figured out how to work with somebody, you know? And I, and I think a lot of that starts with the coach himself to be able to get a read on who this person is, what makes them tick. You know, some people are very gruff on the outside and, and are very tender hearted. Some people are just completely open and transparent and, and, and just, begging for any information, any attention, anything that you can give them. So, you know, from one, one side of the spectrum to the other, just be able to meet each person where they're at, you know, whether you're walking along the street and you're talking to a homeless person, you're talking to a, talking to somebody who's very well off and, and really doesn't, in the worldly perspective, doesn't have any issues whatsoever. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at. We all need God. We all need, to have, have Christ as the center of their life to, to, you know, to really have everything that we're looking for, you know, uh, otherwise uh, everything we're doing is empty. So, you know, I think the challenge is, uh, you know, be able to meet each person where they're at and being very intentional with it, you know, to be, to be present where your feet are. We've all been around coaches or, you know, I, I had a coach earlier in my career where, you know, you could tell, you could tell things were, let's just say there's a lot of peaks and valleys at home and you never knew what mood he was going to be in. So you didn't know if you had to really tread lightly and maybe spend less time around that person. Or if he was a big jovial, you know, personality that you love being around, but you almost had to feel him out every day when, when you got to the field, who, you know, which personality is there. Mm -hmm. And that's really difficult for, for an athlete. You know, for me, it's consistency. It's me, for me, it's, it's, I've always respected those guys that are consistent and, you know, were able to, you know, love me when I need it. We're also able to, you know, call me out when, when I was doing some things wrong or, or when I wasn't putting forth my best effort. And those are the guys that I really respected that didn't cha- change how, they, how much they cared about me. They cared about me equally, but they loved me enough to discipline me or they cared about me enough to, to pick me up when I, I, I was really struggling.
0: Can you give an example of how you leaned on God through a challenge?
1: I've got a few, you know, uh, first of all, my, my career was cut short from injuries. You know, I think, I think some of it had to do with genetics. Some of it had to do with maybe not taking care of my body a hundred percent the way I should have. Um, you know, but I was a guy that, that ended up having five surgeries and ended up ending my career after my fifth one, you know, but for a year it, it was, you know, thinking God's just teaching me perseverance, you know, uh, one surgery after another, after another. And it took me a while to understand that guy was closing the door and trying to open a window for me. Um, And and, and I've, I've enjoyed coaching just as much as I enjoyed my playing career. But you know what, I, I, probably one of the biggest challenges mentally I've, I've ever been through in my life was when my oldest daughter was born. It was, it was during the end of my second year coaching with the Orioles and, you know, to be able to be there for the delivery was was a blessing because I was in Bluefield, West Virginia, when my wife went into labor, and somehow God allowed me to to get there in time, to Sarasota, Florida, to to be able to be there for the birth of my oldest daughter, mm-hmm. and you know, to be in the room when she's born and to look at the faces of the nurses and doctors and say, okay, there's something different. You could you could tell by their reaction that this that, that there was something going on. You know, long story short, my daughter was was born with a her, her opting nerve and her eyeball and her left side are smaller than, than, uh, than on the right side. And so she's, she's got a scarred cornea. She's blind in her left eye and will never be able to see out of it. Mm -hmm. So at two weeks old, um, we're going to the Baskin Paul and her eye institute down in, in Miami and seeing some specialists down there and spending time with, uh, geneticists and endocrinologists and neurologists and stuff in the Miami children's hospital is a very humbling thing. So you know, for my birthday that year, I'm sitting in the, in the Tro- children's neurology center at Miami Children's Hospital. And, you know, to be able to see a lot of kids around you that are, are in wheelchairs or are walking with canes or are, or are being pushed around or, um, you know, kids wearing helmets, you, you just, you, you see people with all different physical and mental challenges. And here I am holding this two, two week old daughter that is, you know, feels just like a, a, a tiny, you know, doll in my hands and just, you know, looking at her and making eye contact thinking, God, what, what, what is her life going to look like? What, what kind of challenges is she going to have when she gets to middle school and high school? You know, if people realize something's different, how cruel people can be, how many challenges that she's going to have to deal with. And it was, it was probably the most humbling day of my life. Um, and it had nothing to do with me. It's more just being heartbroken thinking of the potential cruelty this world can have on somebody's life and what kind of impact they can have but you know and it, it's it's through those challenges um that God continues to to grow us and 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 bring his bring us closer to him um you know my my daughter's thirteen years old now she's five foot ten uh she absolutely loves people and vice versa. She's been absolutely blessed in her life. No one knows that there's anything different about her, thanks to to a a, a prosthetic that she's got, and and uh, you know, quality people that have walked into her life in the medical field to help out, and you know, it, it, all that fear was over nothing. She belongs to God, right. and it took me a while to realize that. It took me a while to be able to be humbled enough to say, God, she's yours, and I thank you for being the steward over her for two weeks, or you know. 80 years well however long she's in my life so just god thank you for every day every second every moment i've got with her and such a blessing that she is uh, to not just myself and my family but to every person that she meets absolutely loved absolutely blessed and you know has a, 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 a an outstanding relationship with the lord and and walks with him on a daily basis and talks to him on a daily basis and for me it's such a blessing and an honor but, I, you know, I thank God for the challenges for that I can't see, you know, a mile down the road, that he's just lighting up one step at a time because it clings me closer to him. It forces me to be drawn to him. It forces me to rely on him because through through, through him, everything is possible if I'm willing to seek him, if I'm willing to to focus on him and put him in, in, in everything in my life. You know, when, when it, one of the gentlemen you had on a podcast, you know, earlier we talked about, you know, I, you know, somebody saying that they put God first in their life and that had an impact on my life. Just hearing that it was neat to say, you know, if I put him first, does that mean that I can also put him second or third or fourth or fifth? And, and it brings perspective into it that God is everything. Mm-hmm. He's all encompassing. He's, he, he's the alpha and the omega. So he's everything for me. And I'm just blessed to have another day. I'm just blessed to have more opportunities to talk to people like you or to coach young men like you and, and, and not just, understand that i can have an impact on your life for his kingdom but you can have such a massive impact on my life
0: thank you for sharing that story brother i, I did not know that about your daughter that's just i mean it's amazing to see you lean on god during that and how she she's going to lean on god through you know anything that she can go through throughout her life too it's it's just amazing to see but yeah i love going back and listening to that podcast that you mentioned that just if if you can put him first can you put him in, in a, any other position and no i mean an all encompassing god has dominion over everything not just a place in your heart he has he has reign over everything in your heart not just one specific area but the final question i have for you for anyone that wants to play uh, play a sport in college or maybe even has a dream to play professionally what's something one thing that you wish you would have known before going through those things?
1: You know, John Eldridge, he's a he's a Christian author. He's got a book called Wild at Heart. And I think it's an awesome book. It's a, it's a deep read. It's a tough read, but there's some outstanding information in there. But something I read, uh, I was in Edmonton uh, as a baseball player in AAA, and I was reading the book um, on a bus. And I, I read something that's impacted me. And, you know, it, it really brings perspective to my life. Um, he said, er, er, every, as a parent, every child needs to be given roots and wings. You need to give them foundation. You need to teach them who, who, who God is. You need to be able to teach them character and integrity right from wrong and be able to, to give them the right foundation. But then you also need to be able to give them wings. You need to be able to give them freedom. You need to be able to allow them to grow and figure out who they're going to be. And if they have the right foundation, they're going to be able to build on top of something that's, that's already outstanding and only going to continue to get stronger. If I look at my parents, my parents did an incredible job of giving me a a good foundation. They, they taught me right from wrong. they lived their life with character and integrity. They, They, you know, it wasn't just, just talking the talk, but it was walking the walk, you know, anything from, from faith to, to you know really walking out life and how my dad as a therapist treated treated his his patients how my mom as a as a mother treated myself and and every young every young person that walked into my house and my house was that, that that you know we always had people spend the night we always had people coming over and visiting and my mom did an outstanding job of wrapping her arms around anyone that walked in and treated each one of the kids as their own and i think my 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 biggest thing is my biggest regret is I didn't take advantage of that foundation. You know, it's something that, that I, I really struggle with. So for me, it's, you know, I looked at, you know, I, I look back at it as a student. I, I cheated in high school because I, I was lazy. It, it wasn't a lack of intelligence. It was lazy. I took shortcuts in my playing career. There's a lot of things that I, that I could have and should have done better that I'd love to be able to go back and, and make those, that, that course correction, which I can't do. So for me, that's the driving force in me pouring in the next generation is to take advantage of every situation you have. Take, take advantage of every person that's in your life. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, God, you know, God brings people into your life for a time and a season to really try to figure out why is that per- this person in my life, whether it's a good coach or a bad coach, whether it's, it's a, you know, a, a mentor or a mentee, whether it's a, a, a you know, somebody walk alongside me that I'm equally yoked with. You know, not everyone can be in your life for the entirety of, of your life. So take advantage of every opportunity you have. Be able to learn lessons, be able to glean whatever information I can and learn, you know, learn to filter how to apply it, when to apply it. And, you know, all in all through all that stuff, just to be able to, you know, to be able to walk out your faith and not be ashamed of it. To be able, you know, if you, if you are a person that is, is seeking Christ in their life and walk alongside Christ in their life, yeah, you know, to let that be all encompassing, to let that be the, the 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 everything in your life, and how you treat people, and and how you, you know, hope to be treated by other people. To be able to to, you know, to to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love love other people as yourself. Love God, love others. Love God, serve others. You know, and for coaches, that's that's what we're here to do is serve. We got to be selfless. We got to be able to you know people put God you know God first and and follow the example of Christ as he walked here on this earth he came into this, into this world humbly and he left as humbly as he gets so you know to be able to follow his example uh, of uh, of grace and and mercy and humility but at the same time stand up what, for what you know is right and you know seek him in in, in all those choices
0: yeah that's such a good answer I feel like maybe sometimes I I can learn more from my regrets than the stuff that I actually did well. Like you were saying, like your regrets stick out to you way more than anything you could, you could accomplish or succeed just because, you know, I mean, it's something you did wrong. It's something you wish you could have gone back and redo, but you can, you can teach that to the next generation, like you were saying, or to somebody that you're close to to not make the same mistakes or have the same regrets as you did.
1: Well, as a coach, I call it teachable moments. I'm a baseball coach. If you fail seven out of 10 times, you're going to be considered an all-star. So it's a game of failure. It's a game of humility. You're either being humbled or you're about to be humbled. So the challenge is, is being able to to walk alongside people as they're going through those failures and how can I create a teachable moment from it? Yeah. You made a mistake. Yeah. You did something wrong, but how do we create a teachable moment from that? And I think God does that all the time in our lives where we're he, he he allows us to fail. He sees us failing, but then he's also going to wrap his arms around us to, to forgive us and walk his, walk, wrap his arms around us to be able to bring the right people into into our life to help us get past that failure, get past that 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 mess up, get past that that bad moment in my life, and to be able to grow from it. And you you hear it all the time. I'm the clay, and he's the potter. He's constantly molding us, and. It's, uh, you know, my grandma's 96 years old and still says the same thing. I've got, I've got a, a, a buddy of mine that lives up in Iowa and he's got a 99 year old gentleman that mentors him to this day and is still continue to praise the praise and worship and, and glorify God with every moment that he's got here on this earth. Hmm. He's 99. He knows his, his, his days are numbered, but he's going to love God with his, with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength every single day. And then he's going to try to serve his fellow brother with, with every iota of his life to try to really walk out the great commission.
0: Amen. Well, Troy, thank you so much for coming on. It's such a blast just talking with you uh, and you sharing your thoughts and your wisdom. Yeah. I just can't express enough how gracious I am to you for everything.
1: Well, I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, you know, for us, it's, it's trying to share what we know and continue to, to share the love of Christ. So I, I, I appreciate any opportunity I get to, to be able to share my heart, and my life and Kenny, you're outstanding. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, not, not just for, you know, as a good teammate and a good friend of people, but continue to be that servant of God that your, your family is led by example and you continue to, 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 uh, you know, mold the next generation into hopefully following your footsteps. And if, they're, if they are following your footsteps, then, This world's going to be in a pretty good place. Thanks for having me, bud. Thank you.